it's as close to time travel as we're going to get. This week in music history with Marty Miller. Hello there and welcome to our little podcast. It takes a look at this week from May 22nd until 26th in music history. A busy old week, lots of stuff went on. For example, last year, Kurt Cobain's guitar went a record-breaking in 2003. Now, the question is, would he do it today? I feel not. But for the first time ever, Paul McCartney played Red Square in Russia. 20,000 fans came out to watch him do what he did. And in 1978, on this day, the hype signed a new manager. They also became U2. This week in music history. A week in less than 10 minutes. Let's start back in 1958 and just a story that is so wrong on so many levels. Jerry Lee Lewis, right, arrives at Heathrow Airport to begin his first tour, along with his new bride, who was 14 years of age, and also his cousin. Her name was Myra. There was 37 shows meant to be done across the UK, and it was cancelled after just three. When he got back to the United States, he did get a little bit of ribbing upon landing back there. Well, the papers reported that you were greeted with silence over there and with catcalls from the audience. Is that right? Well, I, I can't agree with them now, sir. Uh-huh. Our no, audience was very nice and very good. Mm-hmm. Were you there, Mrs. Lewis? At this? I was there, but I wasn't at the shows. Oh, you weren't at the shows? Mm-hmm. Oh, did you notice anything uh, like that, that sort of reception? No, it was a very good reception, I thought. Why did you leave? Well, uh, I don't uh, answer those questions, sir. My manager might knock my head off or something. <laughs> Yay, awkward. In 2004, Morrissey was celebrating his birthday by playing a home show in Manchester. 18,000 tickets sold out in something like an hour and a half. Thank you, friends. Which, of course, at the end of the day, makes me ten parts Crumlin and ten parts um, Old Trafford. Last year, the guitar that Kurt Cobain played to play this sold for a fortune. Sold for four and a half million dollars, making it one of the most expensive guitars in history. In 1982, on this day, the UK Musicians' Union moved a resolution to ban synthesizers and drum rhythm machines from sessions and live concerts, featuring that using them would put musicians out of work. Robert Moog invented the synthesizer back in the 60s. Or is it Moog? Uh, In Germany, uh, it's a fairly common name, and there it's pronounced Moog. In Great Britain, English-speaking countries, uh, people see the double O and they say Moog. I just happen to like the sound of Moog better than Moog. Part of my family pronounces it one way and part pronounces it the other way. So my wife at the time and I decided uh, to go for the Moog pronunciation. In 2006 this week, the King of Sweden presented the surviving members of Led Zeppelin with a big old music prize, recognising them as great pioneers of rock music. A very sweet black tie affair. Ladies and gentlemen, please greet our honorees, the recipients of the Polar Music Prize 2006, Maestro Valery Gergiev and Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones and Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. 
Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast. 2003, Paul McCartney makes his first ever appearance in Russia. He plays Red Square in front of 20,000 fans. It's a huge spectacle, huge excitement. I don't reckon he'd do it now, though, do you? In the words of Russia's President Vladimir Putin, back then, McCartney's music was seen as alien propaganda. East meets West today when the pop star Paul McCartney takes part in a revolutionary radio broadcast. The former Beatle will be taking telephone calls live from the Soviet Union. Paul McCartney, And then, of course, you know, suddenly start doing the lines about Ukraine girls and Moscow girls. And I think... Of course it's going to go down well here. Rich Robinson of the Black Crows has a birthday this week. This is a band that have sold over 30 million records. And I asked him one time, ever when you revisit these albums, do you feel like you should have done things differently or are you happy with what is? You know, look, whatever records we made were the best we could make at the time we made them. Yeah, I'm not the type of person to look back, oh, I wish I'd done this. I mean, you know, those records were great. We were all happy with them when we put them out. That's it, you know, and... That's how I see it. This week in 1973, Carol King played a show in New York Central Park. About 90 to 100,000 people turned up for that. It was free. Carol is celebrating her 10th anniversary in show business this year, and to mark that celebration, she recently completed a cross-country concert tour. She's originally from Brooklyn, so her appearance here in New York was sort of a homecoming party. She invited 90,000 close friends. Meanwhile, this week back in 1978, after seeing them perform as The Hype and soon to become U2, Paul McGuinness became the band's manager. Even as the band and everything around them grew and grew, well, Paul, as their manager, would say... It's surprisingly the same, you know. I mean, the positions they occupy on stage are the same, the instruments they play are the same. It's all got a bit more complicated. We need a few more people to help. Um, <laughs> The crew, I think, in those days was one. Um, And it seems to have been increasing in number ever since. In 1966 this week, the Rolling Stones were number one with the first ever song to hit the top spot with a sitar. Painted black, of course. May 26th, back in 1969, John and Yoko begin their bed-in for peace in Montreal in Canada. In room 1742, they would stay in bed to demand peace. Bed pieces. We're going to stay in bed for seven days, sort of, instead of having a private honeymoon. It's a private protest. For the violence that's going in the world, you see. To say, uh, we saw that instead of making war, it's better to just stay in bed. Let's stay in bed for three And grow your hair. Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast. In 2016 this week, I actually have a set of these somewhere. A set of stamps celebrating 50 years of Pink Floyd were unveiled by the Royal Mail in the UK. 
Big deal to be on a stamp, you know. The 10 stamps will feature album artwork and shots of the band performing. The Royal Mail and band members collaborated on the collection, which will also include limited edition souvenirs and gifts. In a statement, the Royal Mail said few bands in the history of rock have managed to carve out a career as rich and expansive as that of Pink Floyd. And sadly, in 2022, just one year on, Andy Fletch, Fletcher of Depeche Mode, died at age 60. He was a founding member of the band and, of course, their keyboard player. Band pal Richard Blade says... Andrew's role in the band was huge. Uh, People always think of Dave being the singer and frontman and Martin being the songwriter. But Andrew was the backbone of Depeche Mode. Martin Gore said to me one time that there would be no Depeche Mode without Andrew Fletcher. He was the one who would always get Dave and Martin and at the time Alan Wilder together. And that is a look at this week in music history from May 22nd until 26th. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. We do it daily on the radio and on Nova.ie. But for now, till next time, my name is Marty Miller. Have a great week. Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast.